1: This is Juliana McIntosh.
0: And I'm Brad Sutton. And And this this is is The the Art Art of of Drinking. drinking.
1: With Join Jules.
0: And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast.
1: Where you learn how to make two drinks.
0: A classic.
1: And a twist.
0: Plus a little backstory on the cocktail.
1: So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests.
0: Your home crafted masterpiece. Jules, here we are. Our first cocktail.
1: Yes, our first it off. drink. This is, mm. now people are going to hate me for this one, and I'm going to be controversial. I think this is an overrated classic cocktail. There, I said it. Whoa, whoa. I know, hot takes coming out. What do, you mean, what do you
0: mean by overrated?
1: This is a cocktail. I would love if people listening can guess what this cocktail is before we even say it. Well, I think, I think they- they're going
0: to know because the name of it. The- Episode is old fashioned.
1: Well, maybe. That's right. <laughs> well, don't look at the title. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's all right. All right. Anyways. Okay. So I think this, <laughs> you didn't look at the title. Don't
1: look at what are the you t- guessing. Yeah. Don't look at the title. I think that this cocktail is a classic for so long that it overshines so many great cocktails. But this cocktail is an institutional cocktail. So I get it and I have respect for it. I myself think it's a bit overrated.
0: Okay, well, wow, wow with that. So
1: we're drinking old fashions today,
0: folks. (laughs) Yeah, wow, okay, great. So I'm gonna have a sip of this and just brace myself here real quick. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me collect my uh, thoughts, calm down a little bit here. Yeah. So listen, is it overrated? No, (laughs) it's not an overrated (laughs) cocktail. This This is a cocktail by which I measure most bars by. If I belly up to a dive bar, I'm not going to ask them to make me an old-fashioned because one, they're going to be annoyed. They have to (laughs) get some equipment out. And two, I don't always trust that it's going to be a great old-fashioned unless I am in Wisconsin. And when I'm in Wisconsin, I know I can go to just about any bar and order an old-fashioned because the old-fashioned culture in Wisconsin is like none other. And, And that is why... The Old Fashioned is a classic, classic cocktail. So is the Wisconsin Old Fashioned, and it is a regional thing that people just don't know about if they don't live in the upper Midwest. And I gotta tell you, the Wisconsin Old Fashioned is a very, very drinkable drink. You can pound these things, which is a little bit dangerous. But you know when you go from one bar to the next, you're going to get a drink that tastes pretty similar. Um, You know, there are gonna be bars that make it not as great as another bar, whatever, that's fine. But I know what to expect from an old-fashioned when I go to Wisconsin and order it the way that it's supposed to be ordered. And that's all depending upon how you want it. We'll explain that in a second. Versus, you know, you go to a bar and like some swanky joint in San Francisco or, you know, Minneapolis or Atlanta, and you order an old-fashioned and you'll get three different cocktails and it's a good chance two of them might actually suck. Mm -hmm. So... I can see why you might think the Old fashioned is overrated because they can suck sometimes.
1: And, and, you know, I think when they're the classical fashions, it's one of those cocktails I'd, I'd like to drink at home because I know how to make it. It's a classic. I, I feel like it's almost a bit boring when you go out, but I will give the Old Fashioned this. It's a foundation and institutional cocktail for this reason, is you can really have fun with it. Brad, I think you told us that yours is a rum. Old-fashioned? That's one of your favorite cocktails?
0: It it is. A rum old-fashioned is actually one of my all-time favorite cocktails. And and the thing is, the history of the old-fashioned, which we'll get into in a minute, you could make an old-fashioned back in the day with really any spirit. It was just just a spirit, bitters, sugar, and water. So how you take your old-fashioned is really, you're not too far into left field if you say, well, I want to Gin old fashioned. I've actually made those. They're really good with a little orange bitters. So, so, and it's a simple recipe, right, for an old fashioned.
1: Unless you're in Wisconsin,
0: yeah. Unless you're in Wisconsin, <laughs> and there, it's like if you get an old fashioned that's not a Wisconsin old fashioned, I'm sure they're going to look at you like, what, what do you, what do you mean? And so, so, all right. So let me stop beating around the bush. So with Wisconsin old fashions, and that is what I'm going to focus on today. And, and look, I'll tell you how to make a regular old fashioned here too in, in the in the history uh, part. And we'll also have it up on Join Jewels. So don't fret if you're like, I want a classy, not a classy, like a classy steakhouse, old-fashioned, gotcha. All right, we got you covered. Here's the deal with Wisconsin old-fashions. Wisconsin old-fashions are, you got to think of them like a pyramid, right? So you've got this three-layer pyramid with a Wisconsin old-fashioned. At the very top of the pyramid, there's one compartment. And that compartment is filled with a cherry, sugar, an orange, and bitters. All Wisconsin old fashions get that, right? Mm -hmm. But the next layer, it's two compartments. Now you've got to make the decision between, do I want a whiskey or a brandy old Mm -hmm. fashioned? And you're like, Brandy, what? Yeah, just hang on, we'll get there. And then the next layer down, there's three compartments. You've got sweet, which is maybe a 7-Up or Sprite or lemon-lime soda, right? Sour, which is made with, you know, squirt, sundrop, you know, fresca. Actually, I, I do love squirt in this case. Or you may want it pressed, which means that you take soda water and you just cut the soda pop, right? The, the lemon, lime or the grapefruit in half. So you go half soda water, half soda pop. And that is how you order an old-fashioned in Wisconsin. I want a brandy sweet or a brandy sour or a whiskey sweet or a whiskey sour. Then there's garnishes and all that fun stuff. And we can kind of get into that into in, in, in what we need to buy. So that's the Wisconsin. This
1: literally is a Wacky Wednesday, Wisconsin, old-fashioned.
0: It, it, it is. And it's it's not as confusing as it sounds. And hopefully the Brad's Pyramid, Wisconsin old-fashioned pyramid, uh, which I invented myself here. Mm-hmm. Hopefully mm-hmm. that helps you out, right? So at the top, every old-fashioned gets the cherry, the orange, the sugar, and the bitters. Then you got to start making decisions. So-
1: then the hard part.
0: Then the hard part comes. All right. So listen, so now you're going to go to the store, right? So you're going to get your pen, need? you're going to get your what paper need? out. All right. Here's what we need. So again, going back to the top of the pyramid. So what do we need, Jules? What's at the top of the pyramid?
1: Well, I heard cherries and orange. Correct. Of course, like any old-fashioned, and this this stays true with the classic, you got to have bitters. So the right. Angostura bitters are on there. And then you had sugar, which again, also classic. So you got two of the classic ingredients. And then you have two wacky Wednesday ingredients, which is the orange and ah, the cherries. I'm just slow. saying, I'm just it's saying the
0: cherry and the orange, that's debatable. Yeah, it's not wacky I know, Wednesday. You're right. All right, so listen, um, when you get sugar, go get the sugar cubes, just, you know, regular sugar cubes, don't get fancy, okay? Mm-hmm. Go get the sugar cubes and if you're like forgot the sugar cubes, uh, 1 teaspoon of sugar, granulated sugar, okay? So that's that's all you need. So, now we're going to the next layer. What's the next layer, Jules?
1: Uh, you have, well, this is the hardest part of the cocktail, which is the booze layer. Not,
0: that's, that's two choices. You got well, two yeah, choices. you, you gotta got to pick brandy. which
1: one. But see, I, I, I think you've told me this. Could I do both? Could I do brandy or whiskey?
0: Yeah, brand, well, yeah, brandy or whiskey, you know. I wouldn't put them both together. I mean, I guess you could put them both together. Hey, look, it's your bar, right? Do what you want. <laughs> I'm telling you, don't, but do what you want. And then the next layer down from that, we got sweet and that's the lemon lime soda. Go mm-hmm. buy that. And we got the sour, grapefruit soda. Go buy that. And then, you know, just buy your soda water if you want to press one of those two. Again, press just means you're, you're halving the soda pop with soda water. Right. By the way, I hate the word soda pop. I don't know why. It's just so annoying to me. It's soda pop. It's just- Well,
1: oh, it's so Minnesotan.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we just say pop here. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All right, so now you, you got your your stuff. You're kind of getting ready, but don't forget you gotta get ice. And this is where you're gonna be like, "What did you just say?" You gotta get garnishes. Now we know cherry and orange. That's in there. Orange slice for cherry in, in a cherry. That's the garnish for an old fashioned. Some old fashions might even be like just a just a old orange slice. Wisconsin, you do the cherry and do the orange. Here's where it's wackadoodle. With a the sour, <laughs> they garnish it with an olive. Or a pickled mushroom. Stop it. Or a pickled Brussels sprout. Stop it. The first time I saw that, I was like, what are you? <laughs> what I'm is
1: repulsed. this? I'm <laughs> repulsed.
0: So if it's sweet, you garnish it with a cherry and an orange slice. If it's sour, you garnish it with an olive or a Brussels sprout. Just pickled Brussels wrong. sprout. Just not a crispy wrong. one. <laughs> or a uh, or a pickled mushroom. Although it would be interesting to garnish it with like a a uh, crispy uh, Brussels sprout with a little balsamic, in there. that would judge it up, right? So
1: you know, I so, hope all right, you so, surprise a lot of people when they listen to this and they actually make it, and they're like, "Damn, Brad was right. I,
0: this y- is good." You know, it's it's just it's again, it's on the sour side. Personally, I've had it, and it's like okay, it's kind of like a, it's like a, a drink and a snack. <laughs> the mm-hmm. way I look at it, you know, it's like I got a, a mini relish tray, mm-hmm. which makes sense because in Wisconsin. This is like a supper, like Wisconsin's the land of supper clubs. Mm -hmm. And like you go in Wisconsin, it's old school prime rib, you know, leather, uh, you know, leather booths and, you know, just really old carpet and beautiful old woodwork. And you get these old fashions. And I'm sure somebody like the bartender is like, "Ah, crap, I'm out of cherries. Well, I'm going to go over to the relish tray and get a... Get a pickled mushroom, nice. <laughs> you know? So anyway. Ouch. yeah, you know, And of course, you're gonna go buy your ice and then, hey, look, uh, a muddler really helps here. You. you could use the back of a wooden spoon. In this case, I would really say go get a muddler. Um, yeah. It just makes grinding up that that sugar uh, that much easier. And then in a glass, what you're gonna need is a lowball glass or a rocks glass. If you wanna make them extra big, you know, get a double rocks glass. And if you're like me, it's on the weekend in Wisconsin, sometimes I put them in a red Solo cup. So this is... A drink that it's it's Brad, not elegant, but out. it is. I just I know. I, listen, if you're gonna know how to make drinks, this is one of them that know, you know. You're if you're right. in the Upper Midwest, you better know how to make it. If you're in Wisconsin, geez Louise, you better know how to make. Oh geez, you better know how to make it. But for those of you who aren't from the Upper Midwest, I'm telling you, try this drink. You could. They are so easy to drink and so easy on the palate.
1: It's true. You know what? Don't knock it until mm. you try it. I will. I will be honest on this podcast. I will not lie. I have yet to have a Wisconsin old fashioned, so I probably, I, like I, a lot of listeners, am you know feeling weird about this one. But let's be in it together, and let's make it together, and see how we feel.
0: How is this possible? I can't believe I haven't made one of these. Well,
1: for that's you. I, I know that's why I'm like, well, I should just wait until you make me one. So, All right. is it my turn?
0: Yeah, go. What do you got?
1: Okay, so I know I said the old fashioned is a bit overrated. You know that is a hot take. However. I love this cocktail because it's taking the base of the old-fashioned, pretty much it's an old-fashioned, except we're making a frozen old-fashioned, which is perfect. What
0: the hell did you just say?
1: I know, I know, (laughs) God. See, I'm making hot takes that an old-fashioned is overrated and I'm making a frozen old-fashioned. I hope I didn't lose anybody yet. I hope people haven't tapered off. But listen, this cocktail, is delicious. It's perfect for a hot day. And if you are someone who's like me where, because I used to be like this in the beginning when I started drinking cocktails, old fashioned, they're so stiff. This really eases you into this cocktail and it's it's delicious. So if you want to try an old fashioned and it's a hot day, I highly recommend you do it. Um, here's what you will need for this one. You're gonna want your favorite bourbon. Uh, I think a Four Roses works great for this. You're actually gonna wanna do fresh squeezed orange juice. This is the big difference. You're, of course, gonna need Angostura bitters. Now for this, I like to use a brown sugar simple syrup, but you don't have to. You can just use a regular simple syrup, but I think the brown sugar is really nice. It plays well with the orange. And then you're gonna do about a cup of ice And then this is optional, but I highly recommend it. Just adding about a quarter ounce or a little you know, baby spoon of that Luxardo cherry juice. And those are your ingredients that you're going to need. Yeah,
0: that sounds good. It's delicious. I digress.
1: Then for tools, easy. You're going to need a knife, uh, citrus squeezer, because if it's not fresh, I don't want it. You're going to need a blender. You'll want to measure with your jigger. And then you're gonna serve it in a cocktail rocks glass and then optional, a garnish pick to garnish your cocktail. And then for garnishing, you can even use fresh mint since it's frozen. You could do the Luxardo cherry on the cocktail pick or you can be simple because you're probably gonna have a few and just use an orange wheel. And that's all you're gonna need to make this cocktail. And I'm, I, I would be surprised if someone drank this and didn't like it.
0: Yeah, uh, that sounds... Really good. All right, well, geez, maybe we should talk about how to make it. I guess that's why we're here.
1: Yeah, Uncle Brad, I'm going to, I think people are really curious about the Wisconsin old fashion more than mine, <laughs> so why don't you go through how we make this cocktail?
0: Okay, well, in your mind's eye, you are going to think of this pyramid again, and you are going to start at the top. You're going to take your glass out. Preferably a chilled glass. It's always wanted, You always want a chilled glass in, in my but
1: opinion. But if you're in a bind, Uncle Brad did say you can use a red Solo cup, so.
0: Yeah, there you go. Yeah, so <laughs> listen. <laughs> I did say that. Okay, so take your glass and, you know, lowball glass if you're making a, a, a single or if you want a double, make a double rocks glass. Uh, so here we go. We've got in the glass, we're going to add our sugar cube. We're going to put three dashes of Angostura bitters on that sugar cube. One, two, three. Then you're going to take your orange and your orange slice. And by orange slice, if you've never really done this before, just you take an orange and from the top to the bottom, that's where the stem is and the navel, you slice the orange down the middle. So now you've created two halves. You put that half on uh, on the cutting board, you twist it, and then you go across the diameter, the center, of it so now you're not going from stem to navel again now you're going from side to side okay and then you're going to make another slice and you know maybe it's a quarter inch or maybe a fat quarter inch okay so now you've got a slice of orange you throw that slice in there you drop a cherry in there and then now what you're going to do is you're going to get your muddler (laughs) and you are going to muddle this little fruit salad and you're going to press and twist don't Jab it, don't stab it like you're trying to kill it. That's the wrong way to muddle. That's not muddling, that's pounding. You're not tenderizing it. You are just simply press and twist, press and twist, and do that about Mm -hmm. five, six times, okay? So what you want to do is you want to get everything kind of mashed up and flavors incorporated. And then once you've got this little mash made, you are going to add your two ounces of brandy or whiskey, depending upon which way you want it, then you're going to swirl around the mix a little bit, get all the goodies off your muddler and get the well, flavors Brad, incorporated.
1: What? Which do you prefer?
0: Ooh, well, here's the deal. <laughs> I love a brandy sweet and I love mm. a whiskey sour. So
1: Interesting. those are,
0: yeah, those are the only two ways I really like it.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, that's the way I dig it. So, all right. All right. So we've got our alcohol in there. We've um, swirled the the muddling stick, right? So now we're going to take the muddling stick out, of course, and you're going to fill the glass with ice. So now we've got the ice in the, in the glass and you're going to top it off now with, if you're going sweet, you're going to go with 7-Up. If you're going to go with sour, you're going squirt, some drop, whatever, right? And then, of course, if you want it pressed because you don't like so much soda pop, you uh, do a little half soda water, half Sprite or, uh, or, or grapefruit soda squirt. Then I would suggest you take, you know, a bar spoon or a tablespoon or whatever and you just you stir it up a little bit to kind of get the the stuff off the bottom, kind of move it up towards the top. Okay? Now you're going to garnish this little bad boy and you're going One to of take the most your pick.
1: Parts. Yeah,
0: you got to garnish. So you just take garnish. your pick and again take another orange slice and you can fold it, jab it through the pith, through the cherry and through the other side through the pith and that thing will hold it like a little cherry taco if you're doing it sweet. <laughs> If you're doing it, if you're doing it sour, <laughs> you want your mushroom, your Brussels sprout, your, you know, uh, olive, whatever whatever you decide. Personally, I think the olives are really weird. I just never really <laughs> understood the olive. But if you want to do that, go for it. Do all three. I can't get over
1: the cherry taco. I'm still not over that. <laughs> yeah, it's forever going to be called the taco garnish. And everyone go. will know what we're talking about.
0: There you go. Yeah. So that's uh, that's how you make... The Wisconsin, or better known as the Wisco Old Fashioned.
1: Ooh, Wisco, I like that. My turn? All right, this is gonna be way easy, way, way easy. I am debating on batching this for you guys because I think that it would be a fun batch cocktail because it's so easy. So let me walk you through how to make one of these, even though I know realistically you're gonna have two or three. So let's get into just the first one. So our main tool for this cocktail, which is one of the reasons why it's so easy, is a blender. I love blended drinks when you're in a hurry, you throw it in, blend it, done, boom, easy. So make sure you got a good blender. So all of this is gonna be measured right into our blender. So make sure you have your jigger, Right. And you have your blender. So, what you're going to want to do is grab two ounces of your favorite bourbon. Again, like I said before, I think four roses is a great choice here. But again, pick your favorite.
0: Mm, You're going to do four roses.
1: It's Mm -hmm. great. It's great for cocktails. It's great for sipping. It's perfect. Also, an ounce of fresh, squeezed orange juice. Because, like I always say, if it's not fresh, I don't want it. So, let's keep it fresh here, people. Mm -hmm. One ounce of that. And then I do about three to four dashes of Angostura bitters, again, right into the blender. Then you're going to want to do just a half ounce of brown sugar simple syrup. If you do like things on the sweeter side, I would maybe bump it up to uh, three quarters. However, I don't like these sweet, so I do a half ounce. But again, choice is up to you. About a cup of ice, And then optional, about a quarter ounce of Luxardo cherry juice. You can also use just like a little spoonful and just, you know, put it over and let Mm. it spill into your blender. Okay. We have all that in our blender. All we're going to do is just blend it until it's a smooth little icy frozen goodness. Yeah. You just pour that into a rocks glass. You may want a double rocks glass depending on how big your glasses are just because, you know, with the ice, it does make it a little bit bigger than, you know, small little cocktails. So double rocks would work great here. Or if you're feeling fancy, you could always put it in a coupe. I always Whoa, say you can put any cocktail in a, cocktail uh, in a come coupe. Come on, a coupe? Just saying, yeah. Who puts it all I'll, fashion in a coupe? Me. <laughs> Joint Jewel says, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, be classy, people. Let's do a double rocks glass. And then to garnish... You can use my personal favorite, an orange wheel, because I don't want to focus too long on this cocktail because I just want to drink this as quickly as possible (laughs) because it's so delicious. Uh, So I think an orange wheel is perfect for this. But you could even do an orange wheel and a cherry on a cocktail pick and make a little cherry taco. Yeah, you
0: could make a little cherry taco.
1: Yeah, but that's it. That really is it. It's simple. It's easy. It's really using the same bones as a classic old-fashioned. And I think, you know, easing into spring, you know, peak of summer, like this is a perfect cocktail. And then I think the classic old-fashioned is perfect for those fall and winter months. So And
0: hey, listen, the Wisconsin old-fashioned is literally year-round.
1: Yeah, <laughs> literally that's a good could point. literally drink yeah. that
0: thing year-round. I swear to you, people, people, listen to me. Listen to me. Don't thumb your nose at the Wisconsin old fashioned. You go make yourself one, and what's great about it is you get a little drink and a treat at the end. You drink it down, and then you get this little fruit salad at the bottom. That's just, I'm telling you, Jules. Your drink sounds amazing. You just drink, I, I, I didn't mean to shut you down on the coupe glass. I mean, I just I, everyone
1: I, knows I'm a coupe gal. Yeah, okay? you love and that's the coupe. never gonna change.
0: And listen, nobody ever got scolded for being fancy. You know, it's so. true.
1: I stand by that. So there you have it. Those two cocktails of the week. Now that we have our cocktail, we have to have an Uncle Brad story to tell. So, Uncle Brad, what is the story behind the old-fashioned?
0: Well, here you go. Uh, the story <laughs> behind the old-fashioned. So, to understand the old-fashioned cocktail? And, and we'll definitely talk about the Wisconsin version of the cocktail. We kind of got to go back to the beginning of American drinking if you will. And Mm -hmm. so colonial Americans loved to drink (laughs) and uh, it was an everyday thing. Yeah, I know. Right. (laughs) So if you were sick and actually all all alcohol really kind of has its roots back in medicine, but if you were sick, you know, alcohol was the cure, especially if there was bitters involved because bitters was this tonic that people just believed cured everything. And I think because it didn't taste that great. So if it didn't taste great, it must be good for you classic yeah so these colonial americans drank a lot in fact colonial americans drank three times the amount that americans drink today wow unless of course you're from wisconsin (laughs) because this is funny i was looking these facts up so wisconsin is actually the drunkest state in the united states so they did this survey of alcohol consumption And they took the top 50 counties in the United States. Mm -hmm. Now, think about what county you live in and -hmm. think about how many counties are in your state and then Mm -hmm. multiply, you know, like, oh my God, there's 50 states. Obviously some are bigger than others. You know, Rhode Island, I don't know how many counties in Rhode Island, probably not a lot. But let's just say there's a ton of counties and out of the 50 counties that they, you know, that are out of the 50 counties that came up as the top, Wisconsin owned 41 (laughs) of the 50 or 82% of the top 50. So kudos, Wisconsin. Bravo. Way to go, Cheeseheads. And I mean that lovingly. You know, I'm from Minnesota. We call them Cheeseheads. I don't know what they call us, but we call them Cheeseheads. And I love Wisconsin. And I love Wisconsin cheese. Okay, that's enough. So,
1: All right, Wisconsin. All right, we love it. Yeah.
0: Got it. So we drank a lot. So does Wisconsin. Uh, Okay, so (laughs) back in the day people would order a cocktail. And so the word cocktail really wasn't around until like, you know, the late 1700s, they say it popped up. It first popped up in, in, uh, I think in accredited print, you know, maybe in the early 1800s, but like we're talking like 180 something, right? So that's when somebody started referring to these mixed beverages as cocktails. Well, the popular version or the popular way to drink alcohol was spirits, bitters, sugar, and water. And that's the mm-hmm. way people liked their drinks. And they and like I said earlier in the podcast, they drank it with gin, they drank it with whiskey, you know, they it it didn't have to be whiskey, okay?
1: Well, yeah, I mean anything they could get their hands on, right?
0: And it just so happens, you know, in the United States, we drink, a, you know, we drink a lot of whiskey because we make whiskey, but Believe it or not, uh, Holland gin was extremely popular back in the United States a long time ago. So
1: interesting,
0: interesting, yeah. So here we go. So that's the way we're drinking it. And around the 1850s, 1860s, people started incorporating absinthe and orange liqueur and other kind of you know Mm -hmm. other kinds of flavor enhancers,
1: upping the game.
0: Yeah, they're they're jewels in it, right? They're like they're taking these drinks like, hey, we're going to put a twist in this thing and make it better. So yeah. the purists were like, hey, man, you know, I, I don't want your judged up cocktail. I, <laughs> the <I> Uncle just... <laughs>
1: Brad's. <of> the yeah. The <laughs> Uncle Brad's of the 1850s.
0: Totally. Like, I just want a cocktail made the old-fashioned way. And so people would start to say, I just, I want, you know, an old-fashioned cocktail. Okay, so that's kind of the way people describe the cocktail. Well... It fends into the 1880s and there's this guy in Louisville, Kentucky, and his name is Colonel James E. Pepper. And he Ooh. was a distiller, third generation distiller for Old Pepper bourbon. Uh, it was Old Pepper whiskey, but it was a bourbon he was a member of the Pendennis Club, which was a gentleman's club in Louisiana. That's now,
1: fun to say.
0: Pendennis. So,
1: mm.
0: gentlemen's club then is not what a gentleman's club is now. <laughs> okay. Back then it was like a social club. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so, yeah. Um, people kept their clothes on. So, he's a member of this elite social club and he documents this recipe for an old-fashioned using his bourbon Which was two and a half ounces of bourbon, uh, a couple of dashes, two dashes of Angostura bitters. He added the orange slice. He added the cherry, which I still kind of feel like that's in debate. But, you know, who cares? right?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Okay. So anyway, so this guy, you know, documents this. And so they say this is where the old fashioned was actually born. But in reality, it was born a long time ago because people have been drinking, you know, cocktails the old fashioned way for like, you know, 30 years. So Colonel James E. Pepper moves to New York and toddles into the Waldorf Astoria for a, for a bump and uh, orders a cocktail. But he tells the bartender how to make a cocktail the old-fashioned way because James E. Pepper was also a very good promoter of his brand. So now oh. the cocktail is in the Waldorf Astoria, which lot a lot of cocktail history in the Waldorf Astoria. New York becomes like kind of fashionable. The old fashioned cocktail is like a thing now. Okay, it's a a thing in the United States.
1: What an influencer even back then.
0: I know, he was the original cocktail influencer. Maybe, I don't know, that's a bold (laughs) statement. Anyways, so James E. Peppa (laughs) takes a seat. Now we're done with the Colonel. So in Wisconsin- they also drink their Old Fashioned. Now, I was talking about this. Brandy's a big deal in Wisconsin, like a huge deal. They put that stuff in Cheerios. And uh, so brandy, <laughs> they like their brandy in Wisconsin, but it's like, well, where'd the brandy come from, right? Yeah. There are two stories behind the origins of brandy in Wisconsin. The largely believed story was actually debunked not that long ago. And so the first story was this is that at the World's Fair in Chicago, 1896, I think it was, some men of German descent, uh, you know, Wisconsin was full of German immigrants. They are at the World's Fair and they discover brandy. And um, they're like, oh my God, this is delicious. This tastes like brandy wine, the thing that we used to drink back in the home country we love brandy. They fall in love with brandy. They go back to Wisconsin. They dismiss whiskey and they all drink brandy in their old fashions and everything else. Right. That's not true because actually there's an article that was written a year after the uh, Chicago World's Fair. This article talked about how German men, they were talking about German men in like just like they're like in Milwaukee or somewhere in Wisconsin. Like mm-hmm. German men, uh, they're actually good German men, you know, of, of, you know, German descent. They take their old fashions with whiskey, right? So it's documented Ooh. that Germans drink, you know, Wisconsin people in general, they still drink their old fashions with whiskey. And so brandy <laughs> really wasn't a thing in Wisconsin until many years later. It was World War II that actually brought brandy to Wisconsin and a little bit of prohibition. And so here's the the story behind this. So prohibition ends in, what was it, uh, 1936, I think. Mm -hmm. you think I'd know this, like I might have a tattoo of it, I don't. (laughs) Hurrah. Prohibition ends. And when you think about how whiskey is made, it's, it's made, one, it's made from grain, two, it goes in a barrel and it has to age. Okay. So mm-hmm. what happened to the barrels during prohibition? They were destroyed. People weren't commercially yeah. storing their whiskey, or um, you know, people weren't, you know, making whiskey back then. So the barrels get destroyed, right? And the whiskey industry basically has to start over after prohibition begins. Now they're smuggling whiskey in from Canada, so that's where bootlegging comes from. And they're making, oh, yeah. you know, distilled whiskey and and the whiskey's not very good <laughs> during during that time.
1: Hey, but at least you had some.
0: Right. And so they're trying to get back on their feet. Well, war breaks out in 1939. And soon, grain production, you know, they're shipping grain over to Europe to kind of, you know, fuel the war effort and stop Hitler. And uh, these distilleries are no longer making whiskey and other types of alcohol. They switch production to producing alcohol for the military so they can produce ammunition and rubber. So like, like industrial alcohol, Right. Mm -hmm. So whiskey starts to become very sparse and what whiskey is out there hasn't aged very long in some cases. Yeah. And so nothing just tastes very good, right? Right. So we're rationing back on whiskey. Well, someone in Wisconsin gets wind that Christian Brothers is sitting on a cache of 30,000 cases of brandy. And so, yeah, all the distributors kind of like, I'm sure they like looked at each other like, hey, yeah, what do you think? You want to... Should we go do it? Yeah, I think we should do it. Okay, let's go buy the whiskey or the brandy. And so they go <laughs> and they, they buy- I hope they said it just like that. Oh yeah, yo, we're gonna buy this brandy over here. So they buy all of it, 30,000 cases. And now suddenly Wisconsin is flush with brandy. Well, people like their old fashioned. So what do they do? They start brandy. using brandy in the old fashion. Oh, yeah. And by 1950s, brandy marketers noticed that- Geez, Wisconsin really drinks a lot of brandy. In fact, I think I think Wisconsin represents like fifty percent of Corbell's brandy consumption worldwide. Fifty percent of it I gotta is start consumed by the Wisconsin. Wisconsin
1: market over there. I
0: know. Seriously, you want <laughs> to? Have you ever known somebody from Wisconsin who doesn't drink? By the way, <laughs> like I literally
1: think I about. Mean, that. It's just
0: I have the most fun in in Wisconsin, even though I don't like the Packers. We love okay. you,
1: Wisconsins.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I do. I I. I don't like the Packers, but I really appreciate what you got going on. Let's not make Whoa. this about football. Stop it. All oh right. God. So
1: <laughs> shots fired. <laughs>
0: shots fired. So the marketers, these brandy marketers, are like, "Oh my God, Wisconsin really likes their brandy." So they start marketing things like the Milwaukee Manhattan made with brandy instead of rye, and like put this stuff in a brandy Alexander, make a pink square. Like they just they really go nuts on the brandy marketing in mm-hmm. Wisconsin. It's like I mean, like I said, they're like pouring the stuff on their Cheerios by now, right? So that is where the brandy came from and why brandy is the big thing in Wisconsin, why you have a brandy old-fashioned. That's the story.
1: Wow, there you go. Did they make the song Brandy or a Fine Girl after uh, the Wisconsin (laughs) old-fashioned? I don't think so. (sighs) Makes you look look at that song a little bit differently now, doesn't it?
0: (laughs) Have I ever sung that song in a bar while I was ordering an old-fashioned? Maybe.
1: I sure hope so.
0: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Totally did, yeah.
1: <laughs> wow, okay.
0: Yeah, how about that?
1: That's that's pretty good, that's pretty good. There's a lot of twists and turns there for sure, but uh, I kind of think I'd like the brandy over the whiskey because I like- It's my favorite. Sweeter, mm-hmm. which is bourbon. why I like bourbon.
0: Don't get me wrong. I go into a nice steakhouse or somebody, someplace I'm like, okay, these guys are gonna make a great old-fashioned. I love an old-fashioned, made the non-Wisconsin way, but when I'm in Wisconsin, I've got to have an old fashioned from Wisconsin. Yeah.
1: yeah. Okay. So you went over the classic old fashion and all of that. But I don't know if we went through if you want to make the best old fashioned classic.
0: Yeah, this is this is so this is a little off off script for us, right, in our normal format, which a <laughs> normal is now an episode of one. So here's the deal, if you're going to make a... Th- this is the way I really like mild fashions. So what I do is I take two, maybe two and a half ounces of bourbon. Mm-hmm. And I will pour that into a mixing glass. And uh, there's ice in that mixing glass. And meanwhile, my, my double rocks glass is, is, is chilling, right? And then what I'll do is I will add three dashes of Angostura bitters, and I will add a couple of dashes of orange bitters. Sometimes I'll even add a little Peychaud's bitters. Um, Bitters are like kind of like a seasoning, right? So you can play with bitters. Definitely Angostura, definitely uh, the orange bitters. And then I will add simple syrup. So I use a Demerara simple syrup, which is Demerara sugar, and Mm -hmm. you make a one-to-one simple syrup with that. And I will add a half ounce of that because I kind of like things on the sweet side. Okay, so I've Mm -hmm. got my bitters, I've got my sugar, and I've got my spirit, and I've got ice now in the mixing glass. And I swirl that around and get that mixture nice and cold. And then I pull my glass out of the freezer and I drop a big chunk of ice and like a big clear chunk of ice in that glass. Mm -hmm. And I will pour that mixture with my Hawthorne strainer over that chunk of ice and then I'll just simply garnish it with a orange rind actually. Yeah. Yeah. And that is the way I love my old fashions and they change based upon the type of bourbon you use. There used to be this bourbon that I absolutely loved, Black Maple Hill. They don't make it anymore. They actually they changed. They they moved the distillery and it just there was something about, I don't know, the way they made it in Kentucky. It just it was the most delicious old fashioned I could have. But believe me, there are a lot of great bourbons out there to have with yeah. uh this old fashioned. This is one where you really want to use an ice bourbon.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's that sounds that sounds pretty delicious. I bet you there are a lot of uh old fashioned connoisseurs out there. Um, oh, for sure. But that sounds like a sure bet that you're gonna make it the right way. But you did speak about clear you even specified clear ice. Yeah. Which We got to talk about, we got to give you guys a tip. Here's the tip. And Uncle Brad, you got a good one here.
0: Yeah, here's the tip. You can make clear ice and it's not that hard. You do need uh, some special equipment here. So go get your Playmate cooler or little cooler, kind of something that might fit a 12 pack, you know, and you're going to take the top, you're going to rip it off, you're going to throw it away because you're not going to use the top anymore. You're (laughs) going to fill that cooler (laughs) up with water and you're all the way to the top. I mean, not so it's like sloshing around, give yourself a little room. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to take the cooler, you're going to stick it in your freezer, you're going to set a timer, 24 hours. You set the timer for 24 hours. And then when you pull the ice out the next day, you're going to separate that top cold, hard layer of ice, which is going to be clear, You know, and you're going to place that on a cookie sheet and you're going to score that ice into cubes. Make sure they're the size of cubes that are going to fit in your glass. Not little tiny cubes, but like big chunks cubes, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: You're going to wait an hour. And then you're going to come back and you're going to start to kind of crack away, like hammer away at along the scoring lines. And you're going to break that ice up. It's not going to break totally clean. Mm-hmm. So you might get some odd chunks here and there. Whatever. You're making clear ice in your freezer. Fine. It's okay to have some odd shapes. But I tell you, a drink... Over clear ice, it's just so classy looking.
1: It's stunning.
0: Mm-hmm. It really is. Mm-hmm. And then that's where the water comes from too. Is that that ice is gonna you know kind of melt? We talked about the old fashioned mm-hmm. a second ago. That's where the ice is gonna start to kind of melt, and that old fashioned is gonna change character. Yeah. As you uh, as you drink it.
1: Yeah. So you want to use good water. You know, to use maybe filtered water for that because it's gonna go in your drinks. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I've used tap water, and all of the impurities just float I right guess to the that's bottom.
1: That's true. Yeah. yeah. I guess yeah. that's true. I will say if you are uh, like me and you don't have a big freezer or you don't have a Playmate cooler, Amazon is a great place to look for clear ice cube molds. They have these devices now and they are on the bigger side and they yeah, don't work. make very many, mm-hmm. but they work.
0: Yeah, you can make like four at a time. Yeah,
1: You can do that. And that's what I do. So that's a great way. Amazon has them. Amazon also has the Sphere clear ice molds. So if you don't want to do it Brad's way, which I recommend doing, it's a pretty fun experience if you've never done it before, um, but you can always go on Amazon and do it that way. So Clear Ice, it really levels you up in your Mm -hmm. cocktail game. So if you can do it, do it.
0: The Clear Ice will definitely impress the guests.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's why we're here. We're here to help you impress your guests. There you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad.
0: Cheers, Jules. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show.
1: Don't worry. We will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjules.com.
0: And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at the Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jules at joinjules or cigars and vino. That's me also on the Insta.
1: Subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search join Jules Cocktail Club and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up.
0: This is a Red Rock music podcast.
1: Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jules and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.